from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Eric Tanasayas. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I sit down and just talk about how our week's been. It's it's been a long one. Has it? It's been a long one. It's I been hate a that. long three day week. Oh god, I hate that so much. But it's uh it's over now. Like I'm on my weekend. It's the holiday tomorrow. We're oh yeah, relax. you're right. And then I got Dexcon over the weekend. Oh, shit. In Morristown, New Jersey. I'll be there Friday morning through probably sun, probably leaving Sunday morning. That's dope. Uh, I'm running Mission Accomplished on Friday at 11 a.m., so probably before this episode goes out. Uh, I will have already run Mission Accomplished. I'm um, helping Plus Two Comedy do some, some event stuff around the, the usual Dexcon signature events. And then Saturday morning at 9 a.m., there's going to be a party of one live. That's dope. So y'all go uh, go to this. Be a good weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna. This is probably gonna go out at like 1 p.m. on Friday. So be sure to go to those things. Go to Dexcon. Go see Jeff. Uh, I, yeah, I hope you're there. I hope to, I hope that you're around, and I hope I see you there. Yeah. Um, my week's been fine. Right now, I have to turn off my air conditioning unit in my living room in order to not have tons of ambient noise so i feel like i'm on the five minute ava evangelion timer right now yeah of like, i feel pretty similar yeah it's a tough one so y'all know the sacrifices we make so you have decent audio to enjoy and it's called our bodies it's it's uh, no love no art without sacrifice <laughs> no art without sacrifice and speaking of art jeff have you seen iron hill brewery's twitter today <laughs> No, I have not. I swear to God, they listen to this fucking show. Let me right. read you verbatim the goddamn tweet. Um, so they tweeted out a picture of a new beer of theirs, and I swear, they tweeted, Legend goes that while walking a Caribbean beach, an Iron Hill brewer sliced open a fresh pineapple, and inside he found a can of juice box IPA. This hazy IPA infused with fresh pineapple and hoppy hits of citrus, it's sure to be your new summer favorite. I swear to God, they listen. That's that. I mean, that's a. That, I'm not an IPA guy, but I'm sure that's probably delicious. <laughs> I'm not either. I mean, I drink it with every meal. I would put that in my cereal. Iron Hill, if you're listening, can can you make me a beer that I can put in my cereal? I mean, they make some beers that I like. They make styles of beer I like. I'm just not a fan of the of like the the juicy IPA is not my thing. No, it's not it's... my style of beer. It's too piney for me at on the best of days see i really want to believe that you're saying piney in terms of the south jersey way you're like it's for fucking pine folk that's <laughs> for people in the pine barrens i mean it's not wrong <laughs> but yeah i'm not an i jen jen is jen is an ipa woman so she'll drink an ipa all day every day i just i'm a sour and fruit beer guy those are my those are my speeds, and so IPAs are so powerful. I'm just not an. I just can't do it. I, can't I can do have a, like one and a half beers before I'm like you know suffering from ser- some serious mental lag. So I don't know how anyone drinks like a nine percent IPA. I'd be puking on the sidewalk. Jen lives for it. Jen, Jen lives. She for tough the, though. She tough. 
I, I, I like a good... See, that's what people also say that, like, sours are, like, a, you can't do a lot of them, but I, I've oh, chugged... Yeah. I can chug a, I can chug a sour. I like, tend to do, no Yeah, I agree there. with you. I love me a good sour. All of, like, the... you. I, I think of them as, like, unique beers. Like, you know, uh, not unique, but, like, not your standard lager, pilsner, stout. Like, the sours and those kind of... Uh, saisons and all those. I fuck with those. Those are very good. Um... But anyway, hey, Iron Hill. Um, so we're going to do something a little different today. Um, I put a call out on Twitter for indie games uh, that feature world building and character creation. So we're going to do just that. So today we're going to be playing a game by Jessica Osborne called Ancient Stones that I was lucky enough to be invited to play by some incredible people. And I fell in love with it. It's like exactly what we fucking need. It is bomb. Um, you can find that at littlecupofjoe.itch.io slash ancientstones. It's five bucks. Go buy it. Be as cool as we are. Um, and what we're going to use for a prompt today comes to us from Max Cantor, and it is from a lovely uh, article on a blog that was written about our show. And the prompt is, a world-weary lich decides to reintegrate their soul into their body, but finds that they are no longer in sync with their own soul. They must learn to love themselves if they truly wish to be whole again. It's a good prompt. It is a very good prompt. I think it's going to work nicely because Ancient Stones is about, um, it's like you let, it says you left behind your, you left behind your old life behind, you left your old life behind to settle in a distant wilderness. It is untamed, but it is beautiful. And with time, it whispers stories of old to you. Play to reflect on where you came from and learn about the life that the land itself has led. So I think it'll work for us, like, starting, like, a lich getting in touch with who they are and who they want to be in the future. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So we have it up on Roll20, um, and so how you play is you draw cards that are titled You, Your Home, The Land, or The Past, and it gives you kind of a short prompt, and Jeff and I are kind of, we'll take turns, but we'll build, you know, together to figure out this story here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to draw first? Sure, I'll draw first. Uh, which one do you want to pull from? Uh, I will pull from you. Okay. So the question is, what drew you to this location? So we have a lich. Just to start, before we even dive in, we have a lich who mm-hmm. um, is connect- reconnecting with their body. Mm-hmm. Um, they, want, they reintegrate their soul into their body, but find that it, they are no longer in sync with their own soul. They must learn to love themselves. So mm-hmm. where are they? What's the, you know, they're leaving a place behind, a physical location as well. Yep, yep. Um, to enter a new literal locale. Their soul has wandered for a long time in oh. search of, like, where the their body is. Mm-hmm. Like, their body was laid to rest in, a like, a distant location. Oh, like, fuck. they died and they, they were taken to this, like, site of great power. Their soul was, like, awakened somewhere else. You know, the ley line... The ley line crackles and they, they come... Stum- their, their consciousness comes stumbling forth and they seek out their their body at this place of great power and they reform with their body and it becomes you know they become whole again they become this creature of second life this lich this this reawakened being who has uh eyes into you know the ley lines themselves and so what drew them to this location was that it is where it is where their body is held such that they may one day like reawake, like re-emerge with it. Okay, so that means that somebody put it there, right? Yes, somebody put it there, either knowing that that would be that that is a property of the place or not, and we can decide that as we play. 
Mm, that's very fucking interesting. So they're basically they refound their body, and that's what. So is it mystical that drew them to this place, or did they they look for it for like a long time? Because the game is about like starting again somewhere new. So that means like, did they have to journey a long time to find? I it? think they. I think their soul wandered for a great many year before they landed, before they found where their body was kept. Oh, but I think their body okay. called to that, like their body oh. like called to them like a uh, like a beacon. Okay, but it meant wandering the earth in order to find it. So it it hmm. okay. I'm just gonna draw. I'm gonna draw instead of I'll, I'll I'll hold my thought in real quick. So what drew them to location is the mystical drawing of like of their body to their soul to the yeah. sledge. Okay, so I'm gonna draw from your home. So from your home, did you build the home or was it already here when you arrived? Okay, so there's a new home for this lich. Okay, so this is a question for you. I think from this car, did you build a home when they... So we're saying they reconnect with their body, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of the start of their journey, really. And they want to... What does the prompt say? Uh, they must learn to love themselves if they truly wish to be whole again. So they reach their body. Their body calls to them. And this the lich's soul, you know, travels across a many distance to this place. And reconnect, you know, flashes of light, beams of shadow, and, you know, sounds and screams. And there's a person, right? Is it a, is there a person or is it like a skull-headed lich? You know what I mean? Or is this like a person? Hmm. You know, what do you think is cooler? Is the lich no more? Is this like a, a person and we're starting again? I see this as the creation of the lich, but I don't think a lich necessarily means a skull-faced evil wizard. Okay, great. Like, a lich could... I mean, we've never defined what a lich is in All My Fantasy Children, no, so I mean, no. it could just be someone who is dead and alive again oh. and sort of... You know, I'm picturing kind of like fading in and out, like they, they're, they, they're, you see the skull for a second, and they're sort of semi translucent Do you ever see the Venture Brothers? I yeah. have, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, Phantom Limb. <laughs> yes, I do. Where like his body crackles greed, and you see tendons and arms and things. Yeah, absolutely. Picture kind of that, just floating, like periodically, one of his limbs will go phantom. I've just given, I've just given him he his pronouns. That's fine. I apologize for not rolling. It just sort of popped in. It's okay. Um, I like this. I like this a lot because so, like it, periodically one of his hands just sort of turns translucent and sort of neon and it kind of comes and goes. So it's not necessarily like evil or tied to any alignment or morality. It's just someone who comes back, someone yeah. who dies, but th something calls to them and they come back. And yeah, is it, um, are they different when they come back or is it, it depends on the person. This person is because the prompt says that they must learn to love themselves if they truly wish to be whole again. So something is missing. Something is different about them what when they come back. What if it's just that it's never been, like, this has never been done before. This is a oh, weird baby. first thing that just, like, it takes a while to sort of, you know, we said that, that, that your ghost is not really who you are. It is sort of, a, it is sort oh. of your essence on the world. So this is sort of a... God... Imagine building a, a person from a sketch. Like, it is that they have, like, the faintest idea of the impact that they made on the world. Mm -hmm. And they come to this point where they say, okay, let's do this. Like, let's let's make this happen. Okay. Like, they come to this point and they're like, okay, well, so this is, this is who I was. This is who I seem to have been. Let me figure out who uh, who the rest of the package is, who the I, rest of the person is. Oh, that's okay. So that's very good, and that's deep, and it's it's sad, but I like it. It's it's not really it doesn't have to be sad. It's like a new start type 
feel to it with a lot of complications. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have two answers for this. Did you build the home or is it already there when you arrived? One that kind of means like the, the, the spirits, you know, meet Gundam, like the body that they now inhabit. It was waiting there when they arrived and this land, I want to talk Mm -hmm. about the new region that they're in. Um, uh, What's the first image that comes to you? I want to just do a forest. It's in a forest. Is their yeah. new home? It's a deep on a hill, like on top of on a on a, on a mountain cliff in the I forest. Love this. Very and Scottish Highlands, especially yes. since we're dealing with somebody dying and coming back to life. It is only fair that we evoke the Scottish Highlands. Ooh, I like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, because that is where uh, you know. Here we are. <laughs> Born to the kings. The princes of the universe. Man, Robocop was such a good movie. Uh. <laughs> um, so they're in like this hilly, mountainous. I think it's like an area outside of Geode in like mm-hmm. this rocky, craggy, pine trees, speared, sort of like Scottish Highlands meets Colorado. Yeah. They okay, so is there a home for them when they arrive? So their body wakes up in the forest. And they're, they come to be, did you build the home or was it already there when you arrived? So they have to have shelter now. They have to make a shelter. Or mm-hmm. are they in a pre, an already existing town? I think they're in a tomb or a catacomb. Oh, that means someone built it. That means someone put it there. Okay. So that kind of means it was already there when they arrived. Yes. So that means that they were like put to rest. Yes. Okay. That's that's interesting. That means either people mourned them, people, you know, locked them away, like were there's some burial tradition was practiced with this person when they died. And if yeah. we ever learn that, well, no, but we now know that this isn't like some remote region, but this is a new place that this person is going to start again in. Yeah. Okay. So they crawl out of the tomb. And what's the first thing you think, like, they, they, what, you know, what do you want? You know, well, I mean, the problem says they have to learn to love themselves because they're not in touch. They're no longer in sync with their own soul. Maybe there's like a token or a trinket on them and they're like, you know, or a letter that, okay, can I have a pitch for you? Yeah. When this person, uh, let's name him. Let's name this person. Let's do it. Something I'm thinking something piney, something outdoorsy, or just something Sor Velfast. Fuck. What is that? Sore S O R. Uh Velfast V E L F A S T. So Sore wake Jesus, that's very good. So Sore, you know, punches or like slides away this big stone slab. Crank. Like, I'm picturing almost well, I'm almost picturing because I, I I'm picturing there's two things I'm picturing yeah. with this tomb. Gimme. Kind of a mausoleum effect, right? Ooh. A big structure building. Okay. Because I kind of think this is where Sor lives. In the, in the mausoleum? In the mausoleum. Okay. Like, at least at least as he embarks on his journey. Yes. Like, I think this is where he comes home. In in the Skyrim war, this is this is the house where he lay, where he hits rest for eight hours. Now, question for at you. Sun, be- at sundown, <laughs> and then wakes up in the morning, eats food. Sits in a chair. So this is how you all play Skyrim, right? Is you all play out a very regimented daily routine? It's like The Sims. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this game was inspired by Skyrim also. But um, so the, the game implies that you stay here, that yeah. you stay in this new place for a reason, and you uncover who you are and where you came from as you play. And that is very interesting. So we know that they, they are in this mausoleum, so it was here when they arrived, essentially. Yeah. Or they may have built it themselves a time ago. We do not know right. yet. 
Um, do you want to draw? Yeah, let me draw. I'll, do you want we'll the past? Follow, we'll follow in line and I'll draw the land. Okay, cool. Exploring well beyond your home, you discover a place with an air of mystery. What strangeness did you witness there? Ooh, okay. That's fun. What strangeness did you witness there, Jeff? What did Sor see um, when they first started? They stepped outside of the mausoleum and they started strolling in the, what's this region called? Let's say, well, I'm, I've got a, th- I've got a feature that ties into the strangeness. Okay. This is the uh, baseless crest. Oh, God. It's and fair. it's called that because there is a fog just below, like, the crest of this mountain, right? The peak of the mountain. Mm-hmm. This sort of hilly, piney forest. There's a there's fog that when you go through it, like, it is so thick and it is sort of timeless that you just end up at the bottom and it is as if, perhaps through magic, perhaps just through unusually thick fog... You just get to the bottom as if there was no base and no slope. So you sort of like teleport to the bottom of a mountain. Yeah. Cool. And you don't know how long it takes. You feel older, but you can't say how older. The time passes and it is just this strange, weird, time-bending trip through the fog to get to the bottom of the mountain and back. What's what's it called again? The the Baseless Crest. That – fuck – god, that's such a good – Goddamn name. Okay, so when they're wa- so Sor is what's Sor's last name? Uh, Velfast. So Sor Velfast is you know steps out of the mausoleum and is what hungry and is searching for you know just something, trying to get his bearings and be like you know what the fuck is happening you mm-hmm. know in this. He has no idea where he is. Keep in mind yeah. he looks out and it's just like you know pine trees and wilderness as far as the eye can see, and so like you know. I'm I'm imagining like with one hand like sliding down the hill like gripping on to like little plants as he goes and he sees this fog and like loses his grip tumbles 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 heads into the fog and ends up at the bottom of the mountain and like you know notices that his his long black hair there's like suddenly more grays in it mm-hmm. and it's like you know he feels like he looks down at his hand and it's a little more aged like he swears when he died he couldn't have been more than like forty. Mm-hmm. But his looks out on his hand, and it's like the hand of, like, a 55-year-old man. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little more cracked, a little more worn. And so does he pass through again to try to get back to the top? I think he has to. And I think this time it takes, like, two seconds. Mm. Like, he looks around and the sun is in the same spot. Like, it has not moved. If anything, it seems like it almost maybe moved a little backwards. Oh, so it's like a Narnia effect. It's it's like you just can't tell how long it's going to be. Okay. Could be two seconds. It could be 20 years. Oh, so every time you basically tumble out of the wardrobe, you don't know what kind of effect it's going to have, this fog. Yeah, yeah I, you don't know, you don't know oh. what the time, the time cost is going to be. Oof. Okay. So question, how much do you think, when you see this mountain, I'm not seeing it as like a little mountain goat on like a tiny little spire. I'm seeing this as like a very large region, like a large area, you know, we'll say like five miles around before the fog barrier. Sure. Because I'm seeing it, it feels like someone alone on a deserted island. Yeah. You know, this kind of idea where there's a risk involved with heading out. You know, but do you ever have to head out is the question. Maybe not. Maybe maybe you don't. Yeah. All right. I'm going to draw from the past. Let's see. You discover a set of ancient tools. What are they? Do you know what they were used for? Okay. A set of ancient tools. So part of me thinks that 
It's this mausoleum that's getting me. Like, I think that it was made for a reason. Like, you know, was it made to honor Sor Velfast or is it made to, like, seal him up? You know, it because some kind of burial practice was made, but is he an ancient evil or is he a normal? Per, was he a normal person? And I like, don't know. you tell me what, was, what were the two? What were the tools? Okay, so I'm gonna hit you with this: a set of ancient tools. There's some shovels. There's like a uh, what lays like you know cement. What is that thing called? You know, a trowel. Um, the little thing, you know, the little cement a cement spreader. You know, there's a wheelbarrow. There's things that people would need to make. Um, you know, a mausoleum with a fuck ton of rocks and shit like that. But around the mausoleum is like, it's washed away from like eons of rain and wet, but you can still see little bits of salt and a ring around a circle. There's still like two jewels like slammed into like the doorway that are like that hum with like a feel. And Sore has an idea that like either people were trying to keep things from getting in or people were trying to keep him from getting out and i personally think it's to keep him i think a nice twist on this keep things from getting in like he is part of me thinks that he's someone special and that they wanted they were hoping that he would come back that people were hoping that this person would return and you know that in his life he may have been important sore and people want him to come back and so they kept a preventative barrier to keep bad things from getting to this body while his soul searched for him. Okay. Is that a decent idea? I feel like I like that. Okay, cool. And now, like, we should, what, how do we keep playing to figure out who they were? Or do you have any? Okay, cool. I mean, we're playing this game. Let's play this game. We are playing this game. Oh, so after every round, you're supposed to ask some questions. Um, So uh, the, the questions are, how has your time here? So we can just ask all of them. I think that that'd be fine, right? Or we'll each ask a one question off of the list. I'll ask you, do you want to leave this place? What's like your gut feeling for Sore? I think he does. Okay. I think that, that you know, there's this feeling, there's this, this there's a mystery here first and foremost of, of who built this, why did they build it, why did they want me to come back? Obviously, this mausoleum has some sort of magical, mystical importance that you know, puts sort of energy on energy that 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 serves as a beacon to a wandering soul. Why was I put in this mausoleum? Why was this mausoleum built seemingly for me? But also, there's this inkling that, like, I mean, there's this inkling that that there's a purpose, right? There's mm-hmm. there's this inkling. If you are but a soul, if you are but someone's impact on the world, you have this inkling to continue to do that whichever whatever that was whatever that thing was that fueled your present your thumbprint on on the cosmos you have an inkling to do that so i think the answer is yes okay i'm gonna ask what do you struggle with here i think he struggles with the question of um of like what do it's it's questions of you come back to life like i keep thinking about you die like he died you know, mm-hmm. what killed him is still TB- TBD, but, like, he died, and, like, you know, I'm sure it was at some level of peace, but, like, has never had that. His soul, yeah. his spirit, wandered the world, not, like, floated in the ley lines, chilling. Like, his purest essence literally, like, strolled around try- for eons, trying to find his corpse to re-enter it for a reason. And then when it does, he's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know why I'm back. 
You know, there's, did people, I'm starting to think, like, did they leave clues behind at this mausoleum? And I think we'll find that as we play, but, like, mm-hmm. I it's it's sort of this stress, almost, of, like, this guilt, sort of, or, like, a feeling of, like, you know, it's like a pressure. There's a pressure on this person to execute something, you know, mm-hmm. to do something. Like, when you start thinking, like, is the fog part of this? Are the jewels part of this? Like, am, or am I reading too much into it? Are people trying to seal me in? You know, or people trying to, like, you know, keep me alive and, like, bring me back. And it's a lot to handle. And so I think there's a lot of time for, of reflection or of, I don't know, like, self-discovery of questioning things. And it's it's, it's a big struggle for, for old sore is, why am I back? You know, mm-hmm. what, what business do I have to, you know, everybody's heard of ghosts and fantasy, but, like, what unfinished business do I have? It, you know, if you don't know, how will you ever? Yeah. For sure. Fuck. All right. All right. I'm gonna draw the past. Cool. Make that make big. Make, make big. big. Make, make card big. Make big. Got it. Made big. You come across a written account left behind from someone oh, in the past. Man. What form does it take, and can you understand the writing? That's a good one. I think you. I think he understands the writing. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it is. I'm gonna throw a wrench in it. It is ancient. Oh fuck! The paper almost crumbles. It is like an old letter that was like typed out on a typewriter. Yeah. And has crum- almost crumbled into dust. What does it say? What does it say? You know. It's a really good question. Is it like, um, if I may, the first, I have a thought. Like the first okay. thought that popped into my mind was like um, a letter from someone to the construction workers of the mausoleum. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what would, I don't know what you'd call that. A building plan, sort of like directions and instructions because it's very specific. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think the person in charge built the actual mausoleum or whoever wanted the whoever wanted Sore to come back. I don't think built it. So this is like maybe like a written out thing like make sure the blue gem goes next to the red gem in the thing, but it's like are there clues though about why what purpose it's serving? I think that I think there is and I think it it indicates that I gotta say, I think it indicates that it was that it was intended to to keep sore in and not keep things oh, out. Oh, baby, why? Like, I think it's just. I think it was. You know, this is not. This is the. You know, here are the the protections to keep someone from getting out of the of the mausoleum. Fuck. Should should the soul return to the body? Like, here is how. Here is how we keep it contained. But do you think they did something bad? Is the thing. Like, do you think? Well, I'm gonna draw on you. Okay. Drawn uh, you. All right. I think all we know is that they were they were they 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 were intended to stay in this mausoleum. Yes. So the instructions were very specifically like make sure that this you know this is here. This locks. There's no door. You know. Okay. You describe your daily routine. What three things must you do without fail each day? So just details about sore. Mm-hmm. So sore every day. I think um, wakes up. I think he kind of is, I don't know, that's a hard one. You know, it's someone searching for themselves. I think they, they maintain a journal of their thoughts. I think there's that. Mm-hmm. But, like, do they walk around the mountain? He's saying, do they leave? Like, this area, it's clearly, like, nice and great. But, like, how does one actively find what they're looking for and what their what their life was? Or are they trying to forget? Are they trying to just be one with, like, you know, start again? Or is this something, question for you. Is it something where it's like, y'all, I'm just trying to live and my past keeps haunting me? 
Or is it like, you know, or is it I want to find out who I am and why I was in that fucking mausoleum and why I'm back? What is I more interesting? I feel like it's both. I feel like that's the past that haunts him is his who am I? Why am I back? Why was I trapped in this mausoleum? Like all those questions are lingering. But at the same time, like he like to obsess over those things is to is is folly. So there's also just an element of like you can only obsess about something for so long before you just have to live and and have a daily life. Yeah. And that involves taking strolls in the woods and, you know, eating food. Yeah. And like just living, like seeing like what it's truly like to just be for lack of a better term, like normal, like develop a routine where you wake up, you, you know, you do your stretches. I think he, he, he does stretches. He goes out and walks to the edge of the fog every day and like peers out, you know, maybe passes through, you know, walks around a little bit, gets a quick lunch. And then what comes back and like, you know, journals or something. Yeah. Okay. So my question for you is, I think, so a big pitch for you about what sore can kind of do is I think that Soar in his past life was the kind of everything you touch withers, you know, mm. type ability. And but now that he's back, I think it's everything he touch touches comes to life and grows. Mm, okay. And so it's kind of this, you know, he ha- but I, do, does he know? He obviously does not know that he used to be like a death bringer, you know, sure. a doom bringer type wizard type, like you know, like a lich. Like a bad wizard or just someone, unfortunately, with like, you know, I'm thinking rogue, you know, mm-hmm. like everything sure. you touch, unfortunately, like saps and like Siler and rogue combined where perhaps it's like this person who the first image that comes to mind, feel free to smack it out of the air, is someone who like lived a life and like, you know, fell in love or just like shook someone's hand and like they withered in front of them, turned to dust, had to escape, go on the run, sort of this like you know, life, like, is it that kind of feel? And now, you know, every time he puts his hand on a tree, it grows like 10 sizes. Hmm. You know, is it like, is it that kind of thing? We can roll with that. Okay. Because how were they going to discover who they, they must truly learn, they must learn to love themselves if they truly wish to be whole again. That means they have to, at one point, um, someone has to inform them of who they were. Oh, yeah. How does that happen, you think? Do people come back to the mausoleum and check on it? I think there's probably written account, more written accounts, like, in the, you know, from where they found these instructions, there's probably more written accounts. Okay. That detail, like, what what the Deathbringer can do, what they what their touch does, all of these things. Oh, can I have a, can I throw a pitch to you? Yeah, it's kind of um, the idea I'm getting is soar when soar want passes through the fog, right? I think the fog is put in place as well. It's like it's a, it was supposed to be some sort of barrier, but like doesn't work as intended or works as intended. What do you? I think? don't know. Okay, so they pass through and it like you know ages them or whatever. It impairs them, slows them down. I don't know. I don't know, but. Every time they pass through and they're wandering through the the what was it the pass the chasm the 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 baseless the baseless crest the, every time they pass through the baseless crest and they're exploring they find like the remains of a passerby of a hiker or something like a withered you know corpse basically or like a skeleton with like a knapsack and like notes and things like that because sort of what I'm seeing is like 
it it took a while to seal him away when he was the Deathbringer, and there's like this region was basically where they cornered him. Mm. And, you know, and they sealed him and then they basically bricked him in like Cask of Amontillado to like keep him locked up. So like I'm seeing that how he figures out who he is, is through these accounts of hikers being like, I was, you know, it's like journal of, you know, journal of Dolores. Dolores's journal is like the Deathbringer got me good, gripped me by the elbow before I got away only have about a half hour and it's like if you come across this know that if you know we're actively like you know this group of wizards or this group of you know heroes basically we're working to trap him on the top of the baseless crest you know where it's like he's passed through the fog it's only a matter of time now before we seal him in everyone do their best you know what i mean is it things like Mm -hmm. that i think so i love that (laughs) do you want to draw a card sorry that was a big tangent yeah absolutely cool uh let me draw i'm gonna draw from the land i'm loving that the baseless crest is we're doing this game proper where like the baseless crest is becoming like this battleground and he has to uncover the fact that sorry it's battleground love it there is a place near your home that fills you with horror why oh on the base of the baseless like just past the baseless crest there is so I, I think that there is what was a town that has now been abandoned, like indicating both that there that there were people in charge of making sure that he didn't leave. Yes. And also that it has been so long that those people are gone. Oh, wait. So did you think he did it or is it just like a, a scary town that he comes across? I think that no, I think it's just that there is an old abandoned town. OK, I think it's an old like abandoned town that is just gone now and it's been it's confronting the fact that he has been gone for so long that like the people that kept him there are gone okay so like he is like it fills him with horror both because like it's that horror of knowing that you were wanted dead and knowing that you're now alone Ooh. So I'm seeing in this town, there's a lot of wanted posters that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, evacuation imminent, like evacuate the town. If you see this man, the Deathbringer, like, you know, flee, do not engage, like heroes do not engage, you know, there's like tons of, there's tons of written literature and like pieces about, I think him, you know, where it's like, you know, from... Where does he, like, come from? Is he, like, you know, the Chupacabra or something? You know, of this, does he, like, haunt this town back in the, the day? Like, who was he? You know, was he truly a supervillain? Or was it accidental? Like, was it, like, Rogue killing, like, you know, her first high school boyfriend? I think it had to be accidental. Okay. Like, I think it was simply that it was a thing that exists that, like, was and is no more. Hmm. Because that's and, tragic. That's tra- right. I think it is. I don't think it was something that they like. Like people wanted him dead. No. Or rather, I don't think it's something that when he gets to the town, there are like warnings about him. I think the town. It's just that the town died out. Oh, that's like, like it's it had just, just been, been that so long. long that like the uh, town that watched over him, those people all died. Oh shit! And like, is it is it where he was from? Just to add a little meat to that. Like, does that add a little bit of emotional weight to this experience where it's like, and that's the school I grew up in? Yeah, and I think it's just empty now. Like, it's, you know, we've gone from, for lack of a better term, we've gone from Skyrim to Fallout here Mm. in terms of, like, he's come out of the vault and simply is 
not like simply the world isn't there anymore fuck he's alone in this space and that's what's terrifying damn um i'm gonna draw i'm gonna draw from your home or is that what you, right. you did the land right i did the land yeah this one's how large is your home what rooms do you have in it so i'm gonna see this as like as we as we have to approach like getting to his resolution and who he is which i want to roll on tables real fucking mm-hmm. bad but, like, how large is your home? So are we settling in the fact that, like, yeah, this person just lives alone on top of a mountain? I think he settled. I almost want to say that he then settles in the old town that he grew up in. Oh, baby. And, like, starts it over and, like, builds, the, like, a wood there. Right? Like, yeah, he found, absolutely. you know, where he once lived in, let's make it, let's, let's, let's make it canon and lay it out in no uncertain terms in the magical post apocalypse. Yeah, of course. He has settled and formed a forest around this town where he once lived where flowers grow with his every step and he just watches over this quiet community of freshwater springs. Ooh, that's good. He watches over freshwater springs and simply says and simply is, you know, the old man, the old man of freshwater springs. Oh, he sits it he sits it he sits in his in houses and he wanders and I think that if I uh, so Let's play through. Let's a- let you answer the rest of your question. So, how big is how large is his home now that he has settled and what rooms does he have in it? Okay, so I believe that if that's the case in Freshwater Springs, if he comes down from the mountain, you know, his time doing his routine, like he comes down from the mountain every day, his routine, you know what I mean? We said he passes through the fog and, you know, comes back. If one yeah. day he passes through and explores and explores and explores, stumbles upon, you know, a town, and he's like, oh, my God, like, there's there's people there and is hesitant and reluctant and shouts, hello, you know, is anyone there? No response. And is like, I know this place, you know, and goes through like, that's the old soda shop. That's the diner. Oh, my God. I'm and then I think it's because it, he has to have a realization of like who he has to remember who he was, mm-hmm. you know, where he has a moment where it's I, I lived in Freshwater Springs. I went to the drive in. I went to the drive-in and it's like starts having memories of a life lived and, you know, moves back to his old house, you know, which is now just like rotted over, but puts his hand on the wood and it's restored. It's living. You know what I mean? I think it becomes Mm -hmm. sort of like this living green forest with every step. I know it's like grass is taking place in this burnt out world of like, you know, the hard, hard tack road is now like a lush grass full of trees and plants and shrubbery and life and you know over time just set settles in this house and is like this is who i am but like but what does he want you know what i mean like what is he after i think he wants the one thing that he can have now that he could never have in life and has to like make this place comfortable and welcoming because he wants a connection he wants to be with people and he couldn't do that before and now he can yeah and so uh, this is this segues into my close. Do we want? To, let's ask the final two questions. Let's ask each other Sarah, a question. Cool. Okay. And then I'll throw out a I'll throw out my my closing note. Okay. Cool. Um. So now we're in Silver with Freshwater Springs. Yep. Um. What do you love most here? <sighs> There's stuff. I spent eons wandering, doing nothing but walking and working, and now there's like leisure. There's a soda shop. The streams still work. There's a movie theater and a couple of the film reels still run. I can relax. I haven't relaxed in two lifetimes and an eternity. 
I can finally just kick back, and I would love if someone would join me in that. But for now, I'm also comfortable sitting and being quiet and, and unwinding after eternity of stress. Damn. How has your time here changed you? My time in Freshwater Springs has been complicated. It's been filled with a lot of emotions. Um, you know, the fact that he saw the hardware store, like I, I went there and I saw it. I saw the, you know, written instructions. I saw the blueprints for the mausoleum. Like they bricked me up when I died. I don't know how if, you know, I have to wonder if someone in here killed me. Obviously they sent people after me. They cornered me. They bricked me up. They closed me in. They locked me up and I found my body and got out. But that old wound will never heal. Mm -hmm. I struggle with a lot of why did these people do this to me and what did I do to them? And will this define me? I think Soar for a long time struggles with the fact of like, you know, he almost hears the voices of the people in the town. Like, you know, he's making them in his head where he's just like, you know, you don't belong here. You hurt us. And he's like, no, I can, I can fix this now. I'm different now. I, I, I apparently was the death bringer. I'm not anymore. You know, this is, isn't who I am anymore. I'm a healer. Like I can, I've changed the town. It's back, but it's sort of a complicated thing where it's like, it's back for who has the damage been done. Can he still rebuild and make it hospitable? Is something that I think he struggles with is that feeling of being alone and knowing that at one point I think I hurt people and people wanted to hurt me, you know, in the, in the very town that I live in at one point wanted to hurt me, the place I called home. It's a tough thing. It's a tough that's a tough road. That's a tough one. It's a tough road that I can put a bow on real nicely. Ooh, please do. Here we go. For a long time, right? Like, you know, Sor tends to his wood, tends to his town, tends to his home for many, many an aeon by himself. He lives comfortably, perhaps not wholly happily, but comfortably, relaxes for a very long time until for the first time he hears footsteps. Staggered tired, weary footsteps. He looks, he goes, and he runs, and the plants form under his feet, and he sees an old man limping, bare, like barely staying on his feet, walking with something as a cane, finally collapses in a heap. But the old man is smiling, content, but looks in pain nonetheless. Runs over and says to him, are you okay? And the old man says, yeah, well... I mean, I guess I did my job, so it's all said and done. And Sor does what Sor does at this point, and uses the gift of bringing things to life, and cradles the man's face, and touches his hand, and color flushes back into the old man's cheeks, sits him up, and the old man's like, well, that ain't a damn thing like what I thought was supposed to happen. And Sor says, well, what did you think was going to happen? And he says, well, I shot my shot, and that was it. I felt the last bits of me leaving. I figured I'd find somewhere nice, lay down, and go to sleep. But the thing is, that last shot was supposed to be all I had. Now it feels like I got a lot more in me. And Sor smiles, brings him to his feet, and says, What's your name, friend? And he says, My name's John Pierre. <gasps> Damn fine to meet you. And they go, and they get a soda. And they talk about being walled in, and about being locked in a place, and about wandering for a long time, and finally getting to relax, and about feeling like your 
journey has come to an end and that that's not a bad thing. But that maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay that your journey has come to an end and that you don't have to you don't have to die a martyr. Maybe you can just live out the rest of your days watching movies and drinking sodas. Yeah. There are worse ways to end it. As the air feels a little more energized, the sky a little bluer, those plants springing to life a little bit more vigorously, the world seeming to come to life bit by bit, moment by moment. What was supposed to be the last chapter of John Pierre's story, maybe there's, maybe it's not that. Maybe it goes on. That was amazing. We can just leave it there. Wow. 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 What's the character's name? Sor Velfast? Sor Velfast. I love the tale of Zor Fel- Velfast. Um, wow. So that's a wrap on Sor Velfast. Thank you so much for your prompt, Max. And thank you so much to uh, Jessica Osborne for making Ancient Stones. This game is incredible, and I definitely would love to play it again. Yeah, this is a good game. Uh, holy snap. Find it on Itch. Um, if you'd like to submit a prompt to our show for future use in an episode, there's so many ways to do it. Don't know what you're waiting for. You're so creative. Y'all are so creative. Why aren't you spamming us? You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can post them to our Discord at bit.ly slash amfcdiscord. Or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com. Yeah, go to allmyfantasychildren.com. Check out how good it looks. And, like, poke around. Check out our Wikipedia. We have a band camp if you go looking for it. Feel free to contribute. You know, do your thing. Jeff has a second podcast. Speaking of websites and goodness... Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend, we play through a two-player game, we share some laughs, we share a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every week at partyofonepodcast.com. That's right. Um, what do you what do you plan this week? Do you know yet? Uh, this week, I'm actually, after this episode, I'm going to turn the AC on, I have to go to the grocery store, but then I'm going to upload this week's episode. It is character creation for Iron Edda Accelerated, the Viking adventure game by Tracy Barnett. Tracy, yeah. play, we, Tracy and I played it uh, when the Kickstarter was live a few months ago. We are doing the sequel story now. This is the first half, which is character creation. And then next week will be the actual gameplay portion. Dope. I love that. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be part of the One Shot Podcast Network. If you liked All My Fantasy Children, check out System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible, and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silver Hawk was the best. It was Hot Wing, don't even add us. Find their shows at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Was that in the official pitch, or is that an Aaron opinion? No, that was in the uh, official pitch. Okay. I didn't know if you had, an, had a favorite Silverhawk. What's, I don't even know what Silverhawk is. What's Silverhawk? Silverhawks. It was a, a tsunami. It was on tsunami. like, when we were in middle school. It was um, not great. <laughs> it's uh, not great. No, I don't know that one. No, it was not great. <laughs> um, what else do we do? What else do we do? Uh, verbal hug. Verbal hug. Do you have one? You got, what you got? Um, I hope you have some time over the weekend to just relax and just unwind and like close your eyes and breathe and be calm and at peace because I think that we don't do that. We don't, we don't, you know, we all kind of, I think, I I, I think if you're like me or you're like Aaron, we all kind of have a mentality of we have to be doing the next thing. And I hope that you 
have a moment where you don't feel that you or you allow yourself or you force yourself to not feel that because it's okay to not be doing stuff every second. Sometimes you need that moment of calm, even if it is just in and out to just be calm and be relaxed. I agree. Take a second to be offline. It's kind of a weird thing to say. It makes me sound like something someone would say to me when I was a kid, like, like you know, somebody old and out of touch would be like, you can't be online all the time. But now I'm really seeing that, like, being... It's an interesting thing that I read. I forgot who on Twitter, where it's like, if something's bothering you on, like, Twitter or social media, try saying it out loud to someone who's not really online and see if it still makes you upset. I think that was Gita Jackson, but I'm not it's sure. It's fucking brilliant. And it's so true where like, you know, I constantly find myself stressing about, you know, making enough things, being involved in enough projects, getting the show out there, you know, growing an audience, trying to make the next thing and be this and be that, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's ridiculous. And I, I need to take time. I took time recently, last two days to kind of be like offline um and just sit and enjoy i played a lot of xbox i reconnected with friends i started rosetta stone like it's just a nice change of pace to like i didn't really listen to a lot of podcasts i took a break you know i took a break i started listening to a lot of lisa a japanese you know pop rock artist and just like kind of relaxed enjoyed a new food enjoyed a part of the city like it's just been nice to get away from everything because it's, you know, it, if something brings you stress, usually you try to stay away from it. But unfortunately, with online stuff, you kind of have to be immersed in it. You feel like you have to be immersed in it in order to, like, be a part of the community and all that stuff. But, like, don't fucking do that. And if you're feeling that pressure, know that, one, you're not alone. And, two, if you ever want to reach out and chat about it, we have a Discord and a channel for verbal hugs. So if you ever want to talk some real shit, pop on in and, you know, we'll be like, fucking say it same you know because it's it's hard out there but we got to stick together honestly because it's like jeff's listening to jeff say that oftentimes i edit the show and i hear the jeff's verbal hug back and i'm like you're right you're right i gotta fucking do that more you know so i get it and you know if you ever need to reach out to us just hit us up doesn't matter yeah i think that's it that's it yeah so until next time good good night night and good good game. game